Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <sighs> it's so wow. crazy that one of us is now a married man. Like we're yeah. so grown and up. And listeners, it's almost- text in who you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like the greatest red flag that you shouldn't be doing a podcast anymore is if you're married. Once you're married, you shouldn't be doing, doing a podcast. A- I don't know about it, that. I think it's I think it's weird to be married and be doing improv, to be doing a podcast. It is weird to be married and flatting. It is weird to be married and what else is I mean, I guess that's it. You yet you are all those things. You're proving your own rules wrong. You are a maverick in the married space. Consider the script rewritten, submitted mm. for approval. Yeah. And it's called Fresh. This Modern Life version 200. Because that's been written, rewritten before. So it's Modern Life. Um, have, do you feel like your life has fundamentally changed and things are different? Look, to, wanna, to put it bluntly, 100% yes. And with, le- with that, mm. let's cue theme song. I'm sorry, Mom. It's not a face. It's the day of And welcome along to this week's episode. Yeah, this month's episode maybe, but we've taken three weeks off, I think. But you was did get married, weeks? so we have plenty of excuses. Yeah, yeah. Was it three? I was like, okay, it's been a week. We, it's been a week between podcasts, we're fine. But it's been a month, okay, or three weeks. Well, we didn't do the week prior to your wedding, and we also didn't do the, the, the week after your wedding. And I think both of that is fair enough, and if, if, if there are male gays fans out there who are angry about that, they've got to grow up. Check your priorities. Yeah, I'm what are you, mine. married and doing improv? <laughs> I, um, yeah, I feel like just to be able to carve out time in my life that is not centered around work, to create a mm. massive event that isn't a show, I'm like, I feel changed. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing was, what I'm meant to be on this planet. It was the most powerful thing I've seen on a stage, you know. It was still, it still had elements of that because that is you, you know. It was so crazy, like, not trying to be a performer in that moment, you know. Like, it's so easy to be able to turn it on and so tempting, but I was really just, like, sitting in my truth and trying to just be uh, Chris Parker, the son, I the nephew, it. the uncle. Literally any time that you or Michael were speaking... I was weeping. I couldn't <laughs> control it myself. It was so full on. The tears I've, just kept coming. <laughs> I have never cried so much in my life. Like guttural, like weeping, sobbing. Like it was a highly emotional um, ceremony, which they always are. But it just, 
it was so weird because it's like not like we were in pain. It's just it was like I don't know. It just was an emotional time, and so it should be. Do you think there was something about? For me, I wonder if there was something about the the removing a little bit of the formalities of it because you know you did the ceremony. I mean, do you even call it a ceremony? You got married in between dinner and dessert. Is that when it happened? Entrees and mains. Entrees and mates. So normally it's like, I don't know, you arrive at like 1 p.m. and you'll buy a lake somewhere or out on the, on the beach and then you watch that part and then you have like wait for three degrees. hours and then you eat. Yeah. Yeah. And so you walk in and you, you're like, this is the serious part. This is where we'd be quiet and watch and shed one tear. But this, this was just a ride of delicious food, amazing speeches, beautiful flowers. And so like when the vows hit you, God, they hit me hard. They were so beautiful. You know, it's like, it's so weird, but like, I felt like we honestly, and this is so arrogant to say, but like kind of cracked the wedding structure in a weird way because I've always had a gripe with it. I've felt like it never makes sense because of the thing that you're saying. Like the ceremony is the most important bit and it's like 15 minutes at the top of the night of the day and you just get it over and done with and it's always the same and no one really knows what it is, but they are quiet and they sort of watch it happen and then cut to an endless reception, like an eternity of a reception mm. that has no structure, has some speeches, has a full meal, beginning, middle, end, with like no break. So whoever's on your table, like you're, you're working like five hours with them, just like chatting. and then, Trying to keep that conversation going. And then you dance to the Grease Megamix. You know, and then an old town road. I mean, now you're just now you're describing my perfect night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then it's done, and it's like, in my opinion, in my gay opinion, the ceremony is like why you're all there. It's the best bit, and so I'm like, stretch it out and like make it like put a lot of energy. And so I, I don't know. It just felt good to like really think about the ceremony and it. The vows are the most dramatic part, and so. In terms of storylining, like a episode or something, you'd always put the most dramatic part at the catharsis, like at the at the peak of the night, not at the beginning. I love how you're like, it was one day where I was doing something that wasn't work, and now you're talking about how it was like storylining an episode. <laughs> <laughs> Michael and I, hey, actually, I'm just going to do a brief, I'm going to do a walk and talk, because I think I'm too far away from my modem. <laughs> you are. I have to agree. Yeah, Because you're yeah, like yeah. pixelated. Yeah, you're pixelated for me. Whereas I'm crystal clear on my own thing. But maybe I'm too far from my modem. This comes back to our age-old dilemma. You never know if it's you or the other person who's got the slow internet. And the truth is in the middle. These, the truth is in the middle. These apps, and normally we use Zoom, but now we're on Riverside and they fuck with you because they make you feel a confidence you shouldn't have because you're right. I look high definition. There's no lag on myself in my own video. I look like I'm killing it. And yet you're seeing a fuzzy ball. Obviously, and closer to your modem. And honestly... Well, I've got to tell you, mate. My modem's a meter away. Well, I was going to say, like, the idea of getting closer to your modem feels like a boomer fallacy. Like, it doesn't feel like real science to, like, go closer to your modem to get better internet. But I think it is real. Do you know what we did? Which is, so we just bought The Frame, a beautiful TV oh that looks God. like art, when, so you can pretend you don't have a TV. Hold on. <laughs> Fuck my wedding. You have The Frame? <laughs> 
Yeah, we I got love, the frame. I, <laughs> I think we've talked about it before, but when someone gets the frame, it is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Mainly because of the way that they're like, so we got the frame. And, and, and everyone knows what the frame <laughs> exactly. is. And you're like, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Can you turn your computer around? I want to see the frame. Okay. Here is oh the frame. Oh my gosh. Just looks like art Above on the, the wall. the fireplace. They haven't actually delivered. What they haven't failed to deliver yet is the fr- the frame that clips on the outside that really makes it the frame. So it's just nude at the moment. But which is what the, we which did, is which the I, age old question: If the TV doesn't have a frame, is it even the frame? Is it the frame? And what is the um, frame without a frame? But a lot of what makes the frame is the tiny, thin, almost see-through cable, which now is like white tacked to the wall and goes around. And then there's a box which you put all your HDMI things. And here's what we do, which is crazy: it plugs into the internet with a little with a little phone cable. It's not even on the Wi-Fi. It's plugged to the wall. Because I would also argue, you know, any TV is the frame. Well, has a frame, but not the frame. It's not the frame unless you can pay $7 a month to have a little Picasso sitting on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Congratulations on getting the frame. Have you talked openly about having the frame? Because it also is, you know, of a certain people know that the price of the frame. Like, you can't just have the frame. Like, you have to work and save for the frame. You Yeah, you go all out for the frame. We did try and buy it from Costco initially, but that didn't happen. So we ended up getting it from a different department store. Um, but yeah, I want, kind of want to write some comedy about it. Also about the like the the weird dichotomy of like, we love our TVs to look like it's just artwork on our wall, but also... You need to be. You need to have seen House of Dragon within minutes of it going online, or else you're irrelevant. You know, like <laughs> trying to look like you don't have a TV, but also knowing you're on the pulse of every TV show. That's important. It's so funny this like rejection of owning a TV. Yet, like every house in New Zealand has like centered their living room or lounge around the TV. Like this kind of black chasm. You know Square. what I will say about Rita Ora, Rita Ora, who I will honor with. Queen of the week. Queen of the week. I refuse, but I will. I want to hear this. Well, I just watched her Architectural Digest, and I loved the house. I thought oh, I haven't seen it, but I hear it's great. It's amazing, and she really because I feel like on AD they're always like there's never a t- they, they never show their TV, and she is really like here's <laughs> where I watch TV, and what? then there's a couch which she shows. <laughs> Does she have the frame? What does she have? No, she has like, I mean, honestly, it looks like a a Panasonic. But she just plonks herself on a couch and she's like, here's where I sit and have TV. Instead of like, instead of, you know, normally they're like, so I have friends around and we sort of, we often spend a lot of time in here and we do paint by number. You know, it's like, it's bullshit. Kendall Jenner's like, it's bullshit. Sometimes just paint on a canvas. I'm like, no, you don't. It's like you've never been in you this detox room. and go to Fashion Week. Don't lie. You need to watch Rita Ora's Architectural Digest. It will change your mind about her. Although, actually, the second time I watched it, I did find her personality a bit grating, but I love the house. <laughs> Here's the thing about the relationship with Taika mm. and her performing at the Rugby World Cup. It has the energy of, like, I've brought my girlfriend home. And he's like, New Zealand, this is my girlfriend, Rita Ora. And we're like, oh, and he's like, she's going to perform for us. Mm. And we're like, oh, go on. Oh, she's got a lovely, like, we're all there. And he's like, introduced her. And then she's like, doing a little show for us at the Rugby World Cup. It's just like, kind of 
I don't know, somewhat embarrassing maybe? There's something weird. It, it reminds me of, it's not that close to this, but it's not that far from Willie Moon and Natalia Kills. Yes, it's not that removed. Yes. I mean, a public, we don't really have celebrity couples yeah. in a way. Like we've got bachelors, we've got Art and Matilda, the, what would you call them? The thing that everyone bases it on. The, be- like the, the beauties. <laughs> no, what are they, what, are, what do you call it when you're like the nucleus or like they are like the oh, like The archetype or the. The archetype, yeah, is mm. Art and Matilda. Like we're all striving in a way mm-hmm. to be Art and Matilda. And then, you know, from I think the word you're looking for is um, couple goals, actually. Couple goals. <laughs> I think it's actually a couple Because <laughs> it's Art and Matilda. And then I'd say the next most famous couple is uh, Rita Ora Taika. But that, I don't classify them as New Zealand celebrities because, you know, if you have an Oscar, you don't, you're not really a New Zealander anymore in a way. There was something amazing about Rita Ora kind of doing like the sort of it was like a very small version of what you would see at the Super Bowl, but it was like the full dance. It's a full pop concert. And yeah, it was, ju- I was just like, this is Eden Park and you're just on the grass, you know, it was and like, she was doing like rehearsing at, um, where you do like dancing with the stars practices. Was she? Like, I know those studios, like the wooden ones on, on the bond street. Like, oh, that's she was she there. Yeah. Yeah. Is- I watched a little like rehearsal clip. I was like, what is going on? It's again, it's the energy of, I brought my girlfriend home. She wants to sing a song at Christmas. She must have been rubbing shoulders with, because that there's like classes all the time there. So when when I only rehearsed there for a little bit when I like came back to do the trio, but like there's just all these like older women and stuff coming in and out for their classes and like leaving you know what they what they think <laughs> of the dancing. She would have been on high security. They would have like emptied the room and like made sure that she had space. Yeah, I did. I heard she had three security guards actually. But if we can actually circle back to your wedding, which I feel <laughs> I'm really distracted from. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I think um, I was just I don't know if I got this out before, but I was thinking it does feel like the ceremony is a weird bit where you're watching your friends and you can't talk to them. And what you created was a vibe where you don't feel that. Because it's so mm. weird to like go someplace, sit there quietly and watch your very good friends like do something so important, but you just kind of sit and watch. But because of the them. dinner vibe, it really felt like you're all part of it for the whole for the whole journey. You know? Oh, like people had snacks in front of them while we were doing our vows, which is exactly what we wanted. Like just the ability to like nibble. Um, mm. And it's weird. I, I think the thing is like, because when you have a gay wedding, you know, like so many of, so much of that, you know, infrastructure is, is like, you know, really patriarchal and heteronormative and you remove one element and the whole thing falls apart, you know, because it's like, even like we're doing like a question and answer thing for like someone, we've like sold the story in a way to someone and all the questions about like, what did you wear? And then like, which is obviously for for the bride to answer. Oh yeah. And then like, what did your partner wear? And it's like, no, we're both like equal in this. Like it, it's the whole thing is like, it's just really weird. And so we were like, well, let's not have both of us walk down the aisle or one of us. Walk. Let's just like, fuck the aisle. Like we don't need, fuck the aisle. The aisle is so and dumb. The aisle is so dumb. So and it's always dumb. like this bride who's like in her little virginal dress. Mm. And she's like, oh, all of this for me? And I'm like, shut up. You planned this. Like, you were behind every decision. So, like, yeah. own it in a way. And I, so Michael and I were like, well, let's just host it. So, we didn't have an MC, but we kind of MC'd our own wedding in a way. 
I loved the... Oh, God. I just loved watching you two work the mic together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. My favourite part of your, your wedding <laughs> was watching you and your husband work the mic. Couple goals. <laughs> if you can't work the mic together, you're not ready. You're not ready. <sighs> yeah, I was like... Because there was like bits that we'd formally written and then bits that I was like, okay, let's just see if we can. And I was like, this is a really fun thing of being like... I'll say this bit, you say this bit, and it's like handing it back and forward. Okay, so we, we had one gag, which was saying our cell phone numbers off by heart in our vowels, which I thought was premium. Premium that was quality. That was killer. Yeah. And you when did you learn behind When did you learn my well, cell phone number? Well, here's the behind the scenes mm. of the wedding. So we joked about it as a gag. And then Michael and I had already learned Michael's number because of the day that I was on Celebrity Treasure Island. Oh, yeah. And there was a tsunami, and they were like, you need to call your emergency contact. And I was like, I don't know that number. I know my home <laughs> phone number from the 90s, but that number doesn't exist anymore. And I was like, I need to remember his number. So mm. I, like, for a year just kept going over the number so that it was, like, in my brain. And it's so useful now when you're writing out, like, a next to kin. It's just good to go. Mm. And so we joked about including them in the vows, and then I forgot about it. And then Michael included his in his vows written and then off the cuff i just inserted mine into the vows see you can be that's the only bit of improv i did you can be a husband who improvises you can (laughs) it can be done (laughs) i was like the only but i was like even in the moment i was like i need to do you know like you know when the improv brain's like yes and and i was like Mm -hmm. chris like don't be Chris Parker, the improviser, but I had to. I was like, I'm supporting what he's done here, supporting his gag. So actually it was a gesture of love and, and like a minor comedy bit. It went off. It popped off. It really provided. Highlight of the, one of my highlights of the wedding was you doing dancing with Michael's mum on the dance floor because she is a, an amazing salsa dancer. She is. dancer. And you two were yeah. doing like the jive? We were doing the jive. So here's the thing. I danced with two people and I've realized now that this is maybe the lasting effect of dancing with the stars on my life, except for like, you know, eternal friendship with the people I met and, you know, slightly more physical ability. But the main thing is that I think... An outline, an outline. An outline, the charity. Um... The is just that people's mums are going to ask, ask me to dance at weddings, and um, the first go round did not go well because I think the main type of dance that people do learn is salsa, and I don't know shit all about that. I mean, any type of dance really. I just learnt the moves that I had to do for that minute and a half dance. I don't know. Like, I'm not Nas X. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly, and also like I did like in terms of leading and following. I, we kind of mixed it up, but really, I'm just following the set choreography. I don't know about leading dance, but she, she Leah d- d- does know the slow jive, and I was like, I think I can make that work with the core jive steps that I know. And honestly, it was it was a true highlight. It of was wedding for me. seamless. Like I just had a little look, and I was like, beautiful, like absolutely, so and just such a chaotic pairing. Like yeah. what, you know, but that's the beauty of a wedding is like the dance floor at the end. It's like these crazy combos and like, cause my uncle. So another crazy part of the night was Anita Wiggler <laughs> coming out to perform and we got Anita along so that she could like ignite the dance floor in a way that we didn't have to because drag mm. queens. Oh my God, there is someone cutting down a tree or something. So I'm so sorry to the listeners, but 
this is nature and this is this world and you just have to deal There's with it. There's roadworks right outside my fence. So maybe we live in, we live in city episode. suburbs. Yeah, we're urban boys. Noisy episode. And so Anita's out like performing and classic drag queen gag finds like the weirdest person in the room to pull up and like have a small little dance with. And she picks my uncle Peter, who's like, you know, 70 and like an architect <laughs> and everyone's losing their shit. It's just like, why, are, why are these two together? And then um, uncle Peter takes a little bit of a fall. And I was like, Oh my God, like he's wasted. He tore both his Achilles. Both of them. Anyway, there's a photo of him at the end of the night sitting in a chair with family members. And there's like a weird mix of my friends. And then my uncle. Like, it's such a crazy photo. I'm like, why are they all? But everyone's outside like smoking. And then Uncle Peter was there like waiting for a car to take him like back home. It was just insane. Anyway. That must be so sore to tear both your Achilles. He's in a wheelchair. (laughs) Gosh. Like yes, it's like it's ages to recover. It's so intense, and weirdly, didn't put a damper on the night. Yeah, like we were like, oh, he's really hurt himself. Out he goes. Everyone continued dancing. Like everyone, even the family were like, he'll be all right. Yeah, he did a tumble, and it was quite a spectacular move. It reminded me of Queen Kong on Drag Race Down Under when she does the kind of that <laughs> roll. It was not. It was dissimilar. <laughs> I will say, like we, yeah, we went through like. I was always like, knew it was going to be Anita who was going to perform, but I did reach out to Spanky to see if she could perform at the wedding because I was like, it would just be so good. Mm. Um, but fucking this World of Wonder tour has taken all my girls oh away my from God. us. The dolls, are, the dolls are out and about. They're in Perth performing in arenas. Are you going to the show next week? I am. I'm so excited. Me too. And curious about what it's going to be. Same. I no, I, I'm like, but it looks pretty impressive. I've seen it on Instagram. Mm, the costumes look great. Um, did have you spoken to Anita since the event? Because that happened about two thirds of the way through the song, and then there was still kind of like a bridge and a final chorus to perform. She still did it. She kept to she, the, just, she kept to the mood. Up. professional. Yeah, lift the uncle down. She keeps going. Um, I messaged her. She was really worried, and I was like, "Don't worry, he's totally fine." And I just lied to her. I mean, <laughs> he is fine. He's in good spirits. I think she thought she like he killed him. She killed him, but. Uh, <laughs> You just have to lie to these performers, you know. Incredible. Yeah, a good amount of drama. You, but you've got to have that. At it. You've got to have a little bit of family drama. You've got to have, like, weird pairings for, on the dance floor. Mm. Unusual group photos where you're like, why are they in a photo together? And then, like, a bit of, like, weird kind of smoking and energy outside. Like, a bit of... And it was raining the whole day. But you wouldn't know it because it was all inside. But the rain finished, people were outdoor just like having a good old yarn and that sort of classic Kiwi wedding energy. Yeah, I didn't even notice the rain. I would have had no idea. Other photos good? We haven't seen them yet, but we're getting them today, um, which is pretty intense. It's so exciting. We shot all on um, film. Mm. So they had to get developed. And did I see... did I see also like a uh, kind of early 2000s digital camera was also in the mix with one of the photographers? Oh, all type, like digi camera, mm. Mm. Polaroid, film camera, and like medium format, like old school. Like it was, yeah, we, we went all in. Um, so but there's this group called Poet Pictures who are kind of legendary photographers who shoot a whole bunch of film stuff. She shot, Ophelia shot Lord's 
jumping over in the sun. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> Such a flex. Wow. That, yeah. I mean, that. I will say, lots of talk about Lord Solar Power era. The most iconic part of it is the photo. The most iconic part of this whole era, most recent era of Lord, not any of the music, that photo is the lasting image. It's a really interesting time for her because I feel like there's a couple of big moments for her. She went blonde, mm. which it's like, if you get to the point where you go blonde and people talk about it, you're a legend status. It was a New like Zealand terrible. going anywhere. No. She's going to be around forever. Like yeah. she went blonde, people talked about it. That's the that's all the signs you need. But um, her eating a banana, which was kind of wild um, on stage. Oh yeah, and her shushing everyone was the big one um, from the old but, tour. But yeah, that was from melodrama. Just kind of came back. Eh, she mm. has said new music's coming soon, which is because she took four years between each previous album, and I think this time we're going to get a new era fast. sooner. Yeah, yeah, I. Oh my god, the tree cutting is like next door anyway. I actually loved the album. Like I still listen to it. It's on, it's on, it's on rotation. I wow. think it's not like a big banger album, but everyone sort of expected like a dance album from her. But like Pure Heroine is like a sad moody teen album. Yeah. And I'm this not- is, and then it was like dancing in your twenties and now it's like you discovered the beach and no one else knows what it's like to swim in the beach album. I've not listened to the whole thing since kind of the first week it came out, but occasionally, sometimes on my shuffle, there's a couple of songs that come up. And I love Stoned at the Nail Salon, and I love yeah. the Domino's one. Domino's. That, that one. Yes. Yeah, that, I, goes off. that goes off. I'll tell you what album is I'm blasting. Marlon Williams, My Boy. Oh my that gosh. Album, I'm playing it on loop. It's such a pure energy. I love it. There's a vocal run that he does on um, Thinking of Nina, which is so... He does like a, ooh, it's like so... like <laughs> That song as well, it's just like, gets me so hyped. I often listen to it on the way to work at 5.30. I put on um, Thinking it's of Nina because just the, it's just the mood. I don't know. I believe I love in Morning love. Crystals. Oh. That song mm. is so great. Hey, hey. I'm gonna sing. Yeah, I just love it. It's so great. One, two, boom, bada, boom. Oh, he's just—it's such a joyful, playful album, and I just murdered it. I'm so distracted by what I think is weed cutting. Or oh, there, there he is. Okay, he's a guy, and he's got a weed whacker, and he's going up our neighbor's property. So he's doing their garden, but from your house. No, he's just like it feels like he's in my head. Oh wow! Maybe I should go to a different room, like you did. That would work, eh? I'd love to see some more at your house. Okay, hold on. Now I'm walking. Oh, God, this is great. Imagine if... Because your um, video became a lot better when you moved. I wonder now... I'm going to sit by my modem. This is going to be awesome. I feel like that's a lyric. Like a Lord lyric. (coughs) Sitting by my modem? (laughs) Sitting by my modem so I can see you clearly. Or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's the new era That's what she tied herself blonde for It's the Sitting By My Modem album Oh look at that Am I clearer now? No But I reckon you'll get you. there I, I, Am I blurry? Yeah You, you Oh Your picture got clearer You're getting clearer You're phasing out Fuck. It's a ama- It's like little details of your face Are kind yes. of slowly coming through I love it 
It's actually like both I'm, of us. I feel like I'm doing a magic eye of and it's of your face. Was I just complete blur? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really was like talking to kind of a, a pedophile was being interviewed and his face was blurred out, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. See, this is the thing. I can't believe it. Like, it's, it's like, it's crazy. Like, you never know whose fault it is until you both sit by your modem and, and you both improve. Because you were pixelated I and know. now you're clear as day. And now I moved by my modem. You have to sit by your modem. That's actually the most important message of the podcast today. You must sit by your modem. Do you have a fact of the gay? I do. Do you have one or do you want me to share mine? I started Googling same-sex marriage divorce rates um, just to see if, like, it was more like... Because I've had this theory that, like, there's something about, like, a gay wedding where you're like, oh, no, but they mean it. But I think because it's new. But I think that's also, like, a bias or whatever, but... Well, I'm sure, I'm sure that less, like, there's more unmarried gay couples than, like, married ones, obviously, because it hasn't even been around that long. But I think there are probably more gay couples who are actively choosing to not get married, which makes the people who choose to get married, do you, it, does, it feels like, I'm, I'm like, you really mean it, you know? Well, that's the thing. I'm like, because I guess in straight couples, you're like, well, marriage is part of the story because it's always been a part of the story, a marriage story. Mm. And then... um. But then with gay people, it's, you're like, well, uh, I guess if you wanted to get married, you could. But, like, not many of you do it. Uh, like, Didn't the first... The there's first... been a gay wedding on both ends, like, both weeks. Like, we're bookmarked by gay weddings of friends. Really? Three gay weddings, yeah. Gorgeous. So maybe it is becoming more common. Yeah. Didn't the first... The first same-sex couple was a lesbian couple that got married on Ponsonby Road. I actually believe it was organised by the Edge Radio Station, and I'm pretty sure they did get divorced. But they did it like, you know, like 8.01 a.m. on the day that it was legalised. Wow. If I, go- I mean, I googled it, and it says, the lesbian divorce rate is much higher than the divorce rate between men. Fact of the gay. I just googled, so I don't know how to fact check that, because I just googled statistics of gay marriage slash divorced. Uh, but in the same period, on average, 100 women and 45 men divorced per year. I don't know where. So the lesbian divorce rate is 14%, whereas the male divorce rate is 7%. And I don't know what that is in relationship then to straight divorce. Straight up in divorce. Terms of, in terms of sweeping problematic generalizations, the, the stereotype right is that lesbians fall in love hard and, fall, and then move on quick, right? And that gay men stay single forever. <laughs> we can say gay men mate for life. <laughs> yeah. Well, just that like... We're I like think... turtles. Or otters. <laughs> what, what is it the one? I feel like every animal, they're like, bears mate for life. Ducks Lions. do. Ducks. Swans. Name me one animal that doesn't mate for life. Um, monkeys. Oh, are they like... The monkeys are the gay men of the animal kingdom. Bonobos, which are one of the only other animals that really have sex for pleasure, the primary sex they have is lesbians, lesbian sex, and they have sex to say hello. Dolphins just fuck everything. Anything, any animal that I thought has dolphins made it for life. No, no, dolphins lobsters? fuck around. There is something, eh? Because I think people say I'm your lobster. They're from Friends. Yeah, I Hold think on. they do make. Shall for I life. Google it? Animals that make for life. Yeah, because I just feel like. On the whole, sweeping generalizations, lesbians move fast and move on fast. Gay men are sluts who never settle down and animals mate for life. 
Those are sort of the three main generalizations, stigmas that we need to break. And straight people, the jury's out. <laughs> and straight people, no one's really talking about straight people in, in, in love. No, I don't know if they feel it. Dogs okay. don't dogs don't mate for life. Cats don't mate for life, you know, in terms of animals that we, we live our lives very close to. Okay. It's again, oh this is like the top part of the website, like of like Google. This isn't I don't know mm. where it's come from, but it's been observed that primates, spotted hyenas, goats and sheep, female cheetahs and lions. Oh no, this is about them having sex for pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Lick and rub male's genitals as part of their courtship ritual. <gasps> oral. Oral. Yeah. Awesome. Oral sex is well known among short nosed fruit bats. Sick. <laughs> yes. Sick. I love it well known. Is it sounds like they all know about it and some of them have tried it. Have you heard about the long nosed fruit bats? Oh my god. He's always going down. They are always going down on each other. It's like this is a fucking tree. We're all we're all chilling out in here. Yes, stop I'm, giving him head. I'm trying to have a picnic. Stop, stop eating kids. each other There's out. Like literally ch- child bats like hanging your out. Your son is your son is here. And your you're fucking is- going down on in front of me. Like you went down on me last week. Your niece and nephew are on the next branch, babe. <laughs> fucking find a room. Because <laughs> this is a private this oral situation is a private matter. Oh, okay. I do have another fact of the gay, if Shoot. you want it. Yeah, I want to hear it. So I searched, and this again is like, I don't even know, because I found I found like a discussion through where people were trying to work this out, and I think they settled on this, which was the first top 40 pop song to explicitly mention homosexuality. Okay, give me a time that it was made, and then I'll guess. The song is from... Um, 1976. Fuck. Elton. And it's from an artist you would not expect. Not Elton. Is the artist gay? Mm-mm-mm. I would say one of the straightest men out. Ja Rule. 1976. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I was like, what's the straightest music I can think of? DMX. Um, maybe he, no, actually maybe he is slightly gay. He's short, and short to me is queer. Okay. As part of the LGBT community, there's an S for short people. <laughs> it's an S for shorties. Short gangs. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, who is it? It's Rod Stewart. Huh. The song is called... It's, it, it's not, not... This isn't fun. It's called The Killing of Georgie. It's about his gay friend who comes out to his parents. His parents reject him. He moves to New York, becomes the toast of the Great White Way, and then um, he gets murdered. murdered. Fuck. Yeah. I thought it would be something... I thought it was going to be like a... Like, absolutely ever, but like, song like that, or like a Michael Jackson song where it's like, we're all living together, people of different races, you could be gay, or what, and then just like say it mm. as part of like a category. But okay, it's about a murder. It's about a gay man getting murdered to his friends with Rod Stewart. Is that thing, eh? I don't, I sort of saw a bit of it on TikTok and like on Twitter about when like we see gay storylines in TV, it's always like, when the partners gets murdered, like you never ever see like mm-hmm. beautiful gay romance. It's always like a horrible tragedy, which I, I didn't realize really... was a thing. 
Well, I'm um, bloody the Game of Thrones universe, which I'm just tapping into. I'm like, it really is a thing. But everyone gets fucking murdered on that show. Yeah, but gay people seem to get murdered at, at pace. I guess that's tragic. You meet them and then they're murdered. Because it's yeah. like, oh, they love each other despite all odds and how tragic that they then died. I kind of get that. But yeah. if you're looking for, if you're looking, here's my issue. I think, sure, like it could be fixed. But if you're looking at Game of Fucking Thrones for your positive role modeling of like any relationship, like, no, look for your representation somewhere else. True. Because yeah, there's no positive. No. Except, but, <laughs> no, not it's even got the positive king. representation for dragons. Yeah, they come out looking cool. They look amazing. But that's it. They look really good. Like, there's so many other shows where it's like, oh, like Drag Race or uh, whatever, you know, Queer Eye, where you can, like, be like, there we are. Mm. But Game of Thrones is like, I don't know. But maybe people are like, want it in the fantasy world. Like, that's the issue. Well, I think it's more that, like, I mean, the gay couples aren't even together for very long. So, like, yes, they're bad role role models. This woman's with her uncle in a weird power move, but they're together for, like, you know, so many episodes. Whereas the gay couple, it feels like you meet the gay couple, they're in love, and then one of them is being murdered in a room full of people and no one's getting in trouble for it. Yeah. There's also incest. I don't know. It's Yeah, it's so weird, isn't it's, it? It's honestly, uh, it's glorified soap opera. Yeah. Isn't yeah. it? Like, yeah. I'm a big, and this is not because just because our friend's in it, but I'm a big Lord of the Rings stand. I'm loving it. It feels like fantasy. Like, I barely know what's going on. Like, at all. Mm. It washes over me like Shakespeare. But you somewhat get the story. But it's beautiful. And it's like, it's just fantasy. And there's like, there's sort of no weird, I don't know. It it doesn't feel like, you go back to Game of Thrones and you're like, it's just like a soap opera. People don't have sex in Lord of the Rings. No. which Which is, and it's a positive. I think one so. one negative that song that the last episode I watched is the one where the first five minutes is like a hobbit sings and then it moves into the not hobbit half foot and then it moves into like the studio recording of her singing and then it's mainly just a picture of a map showing you where they travel. Oh, was that? Do you remember this? I think so. That was oh, a yeah, lot they, for and me. then like all the half foots journeying. Yes, yeah, yes, I yeah, yeah. Don't remember the song, but I liked. I mean, I love all the sort of soft whimsy. Like it's so like ridiculously fat like fantastic like it's fantastic in like a way that is sort of embarrassing but they just sort of go for it the sets are gorgeous oh my the- god Nuremore is that the name of the city beautiful beautiful town. dear friend of the pod mm-hmm. Leon Wadham stars in it gets his flirt on gets his flirt on I love seeing my um, gay friends be straight yeah flirt with flirt with the ladies flirt with the ladies and he pulls it off Oh, yeah. There's chemistry. Oh, God. Uh, Can can I say say something? I've just got a bone to pick with you because um, Megan, who I work with, was delivered a copy of your book. And I have not been delivered a copy of your book. I know. Isn't that crazy? I truly have. I saw that and I was like, I, I honestly can't even defend how that happened. But I'm creating my own list. And rest assured... You are number 
18 on the list. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you, man. 18. We did it. <laughs> um, I don't I think they have their own list of people. Because not only did she get sent it, but also she organized the interview time for you. To, someone went to her to organize when you would come in. And I was like, this is outrageous. It's outrageous. <laughs> I will send you a signed copy. What do you, and, and I'll write in the middle, what do you want it to read? Read up, faggot. <laughs> read and weep, faggot. Read it and weep, faggot. I like to say, um, always remember, sit close to the modem. Always Love Lord. Of life. <laughs> get clarity. Get clarity on life and sit close to life's modem. <laughs> um, I'm not really annoyed. I'm just excited. I'm just excited to read your book. And she started reading it last night and I was like, well, that. That I want to get my paws on that. Text. I'll show you something. I'll show you something. The reception of your video has honestly gotten so clear since you left the frame. Like I can pick out the couch, the cushion, every detail of the painting behind you. <gasps> Look at this! Look at all my books. This could be one of yours. Wow! I don't know. There's not seventeen there. No, <laughs> there's about twelve. So if you in a book, do you know how many they give to you for free? How many? Twelve. That's it. I'm going to check because I get some free for... Oh, they've got um, their own that they give out as like, um, you know, from the publisher. But in terms of me and the amount I get to give out is 12. I'm going to check in and see because I ghostwrote a book, right? And yes. um, well, uh, You I can kind of say it's amount. on the cover. Yeah, it is. In the, you wrote cover. Ketamine's book, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was Which I've actually got a copy of. Well, good for you. I haven't started reading it yet. But I will. I'm trying to look here and see how many copies I I think it's a good it's a good I think it's a good book. I was actually listening to um Kita Moon being interviewed by Jack Tame about the book and she was kind of recapping the stories and I was like, Yeah, these are fun stories. She's got a good life. I um, and it was a, a lot of fun to learn all about it through thirty hours of interviews and help put the book together. I'll tell you what. I have to go soon because I am about to go record my audiobook. And let me tell you, so it is taking longer than it should. Why? Because I'm so <laughs> slow at reading. I'm so bad at reading out loud. I'm so <laughs> bad at it. So rest assured, if you listen to it on Audible, I will stumble my way through. Like I have to stop, go back, fix it like the whole way through. I think I've only read half of it. Oh, I've read over half of it now. Pardon? Is it fun to read it out? Mm, uh, You really, you're like, oh, this is good stuff. Uh, But there was like, there's like a couple of like really naughty chapters about like dark patches and that sort of a bit uncomfortable to read to someone, but. Yeah, because is there someone in the booth with you or you just kind of read You're in this tiny room by yourself. And yeah. uh, there's someone listening on the other end. And when you stumble, he goes, oh, you just tripped on that word. Um, and there's a bit about like hookups and stuff in there. So I was like, oh, God. Like it was kind of like telling someone that. But hey, you just tripped on the word uh, hole. <laughs> fist. You tripped on fist. <laughs> um, right. I've got to go. I've got to get to Avondale to record this, po- um, audio- this podcast of me you do reading go. my book. For people who wanted to know, I actually get 10 copies sent to me of the book that I go through. I found in the contract. 
people are messaging. How many copies does Eli get? How many? Don't leave us on this cliffhanger. I must know how many books he gets. Um, it's been an honor to do this with you again, as always. And we've, I reckon we've just got to stop being like how many podcasts we do a week. You know, it's just maybe, do you want to be a gag though? We do two a week. Just one week. <sighs> Be like, that would be incredible. Yes, People would lose that. They'd lose it. Like the internet would blow up. I've got yeah. to go. I'm going to be late. I will be late. I've got to go. Bye. Catch you next time. I'll sit next, next to the modem from the start. <laughs> so will I. In the lounge. It's great in the lounge. All right. vibes here. It's crystal clear. The, the images are crystal clear. Bye. Bye. I'm sorry, Mom. It's not a face. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.